This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. So let's be clear. Belichick's not going to be the coach of the Patriots. Saban's not the coach of Alabama. And Pete Carroll's not the coach of the Seahawks. That is correct. Okay, let's hear from everybody out there. Unsportsmanlike Nation, Dr. Pepper, call online. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold Dr. Pepper the ones fans deserve. I want to know which one surprised you the most. Which one, ladies and gentlemen out there on the, the Dr. Pepper call online, which one of these three moves surprised you the most and for you too as well? Smalls? Nick, Nick Saban for me, guys, because there was no uh, real movement around this. I mean, this guy was one play away in overtime from going to another national championship game. And we had heard the speculation about Bill Belichick. This seemed like a foregone conclusion for a huge part of the season. And with Pete Carroll and not making the playoffs and his age, while it was surprising, uh, I don't think it comes close to the way that I felt when I saw the tweet from Chris Lowe that Nick Saban was retiring. I didn't expect that one at all. Yeah, I would say for me it was the Pete Carroll one. With Nick Saban, I thought he was done winning championships at Alabama, and if he's not winning a title, then what are we even talking about? That's the standard that he himself established. With Pete Carroll, I just didn't see that coming. Like, like I, I just felt like Pete still had that enthusiasm. The program was trending in the right direction. I will say this, though. When we talked about it a little bit at the end of last week, I said that could be a surprise opening, the Seattle Seahawks with Pete Carroll. Just but because, in this way, though? I mean, in just because he was the oldest coach right. in the NFL, I thought that that could be a possibility. But did your mind go to firing? Because he still wants – like, wouldn't you have said, oh, you know what, that's it, I'm done, whatever it is? Yeah, probably. I probably yeah. would have said he would have resigned more so than being fired. It, it sounds like the Seahawks left the door open for him – to be elevated to some place in the organization, front office, you know, seems like working show. with the team. It might be for show, yeah. but but it it seems like they would be willing to do that. But Pete clearly still wants to coach. I thought that it could happen, like there was a long shot of it happening with Nick Saban and Bill Belichick. I felt like we were getting pretty close to the end. I don't know. For me, I look at this and I still say Belichick is the most surprised. Even in the the moment, like so, the way I saw we it, we only been saying it all year. Yeah. I know we only been saying it all year. We, we basically had a countdown clock. I know, until the end of the season, but they still had to do it, right? They still had to do it. Like I had a moment in my sports fandom career where I remember saying to myself, the moment that Shaq was traded, I'm like, okay, that's it. Anything could happen. If you could actually, the Lakers, trade Shaquille O'Neal, at that point I was like, all right, anything could happen. Even when Brady left the Pats, I'm like, all right, anything could happen with this. But for whatever reason, there was momentum over the last couple of days that maybe Belichick was having that last-ditch effort because you said something on Monday, CeCe, that I thought was interesting. You said you didn't even expect Kraft and Belichick to have a meeting where, all right, pitch me ideas. It was more going to be, here's what's going to happen moving forward. It sounds like they may have had the pitch me ideas meeting for a little bit. May not have lasted very long, obviously. And the ideas could be, how are we going to mutually part ways? Okay, it could have been. That could have been, how how are we going to frame this? Because it's clear that, that Belichick wants to stay with the Patriots, but if he couldn't have his pick of the jobs, that would become available. And then... With Robert Kraft, he's interested in making sure that they're able to save face and not seem like they're pushing him out of the door because he is a legendary coach. All right, I got to just pass along one thing. A video from WBRC in uh, Birmingham, Alabama has just surfaced. The day after Nick Saban retires, what is he doing? He's already at the Alabama facility. He's already helping the team with stuff. This guy's not actually – he may be retiring from coaching, but he's not retiring from helping Alabama. Nick Saban is at 
Alabama and their facility, the Malmore uh, Athletic Center, already. Uh, the guy's remarkable. So you know he's got to handpick his successor, right? Like, that has to be a part of this, right? He's going to be a part of the committee. He should. With Greg Burns, the athletic director, yeah. to find yeah. who the next head coach is. And imagine stepping into those incredibly enormous shoes that you try to fill in the wake of Nick Saban leaving, but knowing that he's on your side, that he's a resource for you. He's a mentor for you. Harder shoes to step into. Nick Saban at Alabama, Bill Belichick with the Patriots. I think it's Saban. It's not even close. Wow. Not based on the resume, but even though, obviously, they're they're – right there in tandem with one another. But I just think the landscape of college football right now and everything you have to do with the transfer portal, with NIL, with constantly recruiting kids to stay there, to come there. Like Alabama used to be at the top of the mountain and there was no one else in sight. And there has become this different parity now in college football that whoever takes over for Nick Saban is going to have to compete with. And I also think he's been so great for so long that we kind of – diminish what a pressure cooker that job is I mean Marty Smith talked about it about how the noise around the Alabama football program is very loud and that's when they're winning whoever steps in there is going to be questioned from the very first snap of the season and have a lot of people talking and wondering if they're the if they're the right guy for the job and while that will happen in New England I think that that person because of the state of the program of New England and Alabama I mean Alabama was one play away in overtime for for competing for yet another national championship. And whoever takes the Patriots job knows that they have some runway to build something that had had eroded. All right, we're going to do this in one minute or less, and then we're going to get to the Dr. Pepper call in line. Reckless speculation right now. We're each going to be on the record, subject to change literally in two minutes from now. <laughs> the next head coach of. Who will be the next head coach of the Seahawks around the room? Dan Quinn. I would agree, Quinn. That's where I would go. Dan Quinn. Who's the next head coach at Alabama? Lanning. Mike Norvell. Ooh. Dan Prime time to FSU. Hey, hey, hello. I would say Dan. I would say Dan Lenning. Next coach of the Patriots, Mike Vrabel. Vrabel, Vrabel. All right, let's get to the phones. Eight eight eight. Say ESPN. Doctor Pepper calling line. By the way, all those subjects to change in literally ten minutes. Uh, Chris in Indiana watching on ESPN two on one of the most historical days in the history of sports. How you doing today? Morning. How are you doing today? What's going on? We're doing well. I think I. I think you guys are great, but here's my hypothesis. Mr. Belichick should wait for Dallas to lose, and they will lose. And then after Mr. Jones fires McCarthy, he walks right in there and wins the Super Bowl next year. That's the best thing. Him and Mr. Jones will get along great. Yeah, I mean, that's not a crazy thought that the three teams that we have speculated about, although now, forget it, any, anything can happen after the last 24 hours. Sure. But the three teams we have speculated, Philadelphia, Buffalo, and Dallas, if they have early, ugly playoff losses, do they say, you know what, Belichick's available. You know what, Harbaugh's available. You know what, Pete Carroll is available. Before we go ahead and bring this guy back next year, let's take a look at this. Well, those are the possibles. And remember what Adam, Rabel, sorry. Remember what Adam Schefter said about a month ago. He said this hiring cycle, there were going to be 8 to 10 head coaching vacancies this offseason. Mm-hmm. Like, he said that. We're at 8 right now. So yeah. that's on the low side. Right. So like, depending on what happens this weekend, we could have some more. It's not outside of the realm of possibility. And I would say if the Cowboys job comes open, if – Eagles' job comes open. Hell, even if the Bills' job comes open, like Bill Belichick would be the the priority in all of those circumstances. And I think right now today represents an upgrade when it comes to coaching those rosters specifically just because they're championship ready. If you've got to rebuild your team, 
I don't think Belichick is your guy just because of his age, but then also because of some shortcomings when it comes to his ability to hit in the draft. But if you've already got the pieces in place, if you've got guys that can get you to the playoffs, Bill Belichick can be the difference in your team going on a deep playoff run and ultimately holding up the Lombardi. To me, I mean, that's that's got to be awfully enticing if you're not sold on your current head coach eventually winning you a Super Bowl. I mean, here's why Belichick's not your guy for rebuilding, as much as it pains me to say this. Robert Kraft has been with them for 24 years, and, and he's won six Super Bowls together, the two of them. He doesn't want him for rebuilding. He knows him and how he does things better than anyone. So if Kraft, who's a better owner than you are, whoever I'm talking to right now, outside of the Rooney family, trust Kraft in that spot, as much as that pains me to say, because I think he should have kept Belichick. Uh, Peter in Ohio watching on ESPN2. What's up, Peter? Hey, so Pete Carroll's definitely the uh, most, uh, like, how did this happen? Just because the other day he talked about, like, yeah, I'm not getting burnt out. I'm still going. I'm still going. But the bus the Seahawks must just bought it out and moved to the advisory role, which is something that I didn't, definitely didn't see coming. And also, uh, Nick Saban's replacement will almost definitely not be Dan Lanning just because they're getting promoted to the Big Ten. So, why would he go from there to there where it's more likely like a Mike Norvell or a Kalen DeBoer uh, situation where they can get a bigger upgrade than Dan well, wait, Lanning? Why, why, why would Dan Lanning not go because they're, they're going to the Big Ten, but Kalen DeBoer, who's also going to the Big Ten, go? Because if you look at Washington's resources compared to Oregon's resources in NIL, Oregon can just call Phil Knight and then get as much money for NIL as possible. Well, Washington struggles with that. You know, so wait, but, but here's the thing, and thanks for the call. We say that. No, but we say that. The last three head coaches at Oregon, correct me if I'm wrong, all left for bigger jobs. No doubt. FSU, Miami, and if, Nor- and if he leaves, Lanning leaves, obviously, to Alabama. I mean, we're looking at three different coaches over the course of time that have left Oregon voluntarily. So... Aren't we looking at this and maybe overrating the, oh, Phil Knight will throw money at them because nobody's staying there for whatever reason? Yeah, I mean, Alabama just has more resources than that program. Or they're willing to commit more to them. And they have a better brand when it comes to winning championships than Oregon does. So I, I think I think it's a better job. It's, a, it's certainly got a better profile. Uh, so, no, I, I'm not saying that Oregon doesn't – get a bigger platform by going to the Big Ten because I think they obviously do. But Alabama has shown itself to be in the premier conference in college football and contend for championships. I think there's still some show and prove when it comes to the infrastructure of Oregon supporting you doing it at that level, that kind of consistency. I just think the Alabama job is on a different tier than almost every other job in sports. I mean, this is a job that does not come open <laughs> and it has the history. It has the talent. It has the resources. You're in the SEC. You're a pipeline to the NFL. Not saying that Oregon doesn't have some of those things, but not to the level of an Alabama. Yeah, I'm just sitting there thinking about what are the programs that rival Alabama? Michigan, Texas, USC? And I wouldn't uh, even put those necessarily on the same plane as Alabama. There's only one coach you could even say that his programs would rival that of Nick Saban. And that's Urban Meyer. That's it. That's the only one in terms of getting guys to the pros, winning championships. I'm a big believer in starting with a no when talking about these coaching searches. Yeah. Does Alabama start with a no from Urban Meyer? No. No. You no, thought about it for a second. No, they're not going to do no, that. No way. No. Too much of a headache. Yeah, the scandal, no. no. no and way. Urban Meyer, show, he's here for a good time, not a long time. I think they want to find somebody that can be there for the next decade plus. Yeah, and just to, to – But, con- I mean, if you're, if you're going to compare programs to Alabama, I mean, you got to start with programs that have 
double-digit national titles. Like, that's that's where it is. It's kind of like Alabama's like the New York Yankees in terms of winning titles. Yeah. Like, that's where they're at in college football. So, I mean, that that's that's the standard. And there are not a lot of programs that can rival that. This has been an absolutely remarkable 24-hour span. The greatest coach of our lifetime in the NFL, the greatest coach of our lifetime in college football, are no longer at their respective spots. And one guy who's done both, Right is no longer at a spot. Think about that. Belichick is most known for winning six Super Bowls. Saban is most known for winning seven national championships. And Pete Carroll's done one of each. Or two two in one, I should say. Has done that both. And none of them are in their respective positions now moving forward. Remarkable. We will talk to a man who won a Super Bowl with Pete Carroll. Coming up next, we're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Evan Canty and Michelle are Unsportsmanlike. ESPN's Adam Schefter is reporting Pete Carroll out as Seahawks coach after 14 years expected to stay with the organization in an advisory role. The Seahawks felt like this was the move to make right now. It's been an honor and a thrill to be part of this program, and uh, I've loved every minute of it, and you've watched me love it. It's a remarkable job, both at the collegiate ranks and in the pros, but at 72 years old, you knew what was coming at some point. I don't think any of us saw it coming this season. Pete Carroll was steady mobbing. In Seattle for a long period of time, and somehow, some way, that is what the third biggest coaching story. Think about that for a second. Pete Carroll, fourteen years, one hundred thirty-seven wins, Super Bowl winner, ten times in the playoffs, eleven of fourteen years winning records, and one of those losing records, he still made the playoffs at seven and nine back in the day, and somehow with Nick Saban retiring. And now, Bill Belichick and the Patriots have a noon Eastern press conference where it is expected to be announced per Adam Schefter that Belichick's tenure in New England is coming to an end. Just a remarkable turn of events, guys, over the last 24 hours in the National Football League and in college football as well. Robert Turbin is a former NFL running back. He won a Super Bowl with the Seattle Seahawks. He works for NFL radio host shows on Sunday with Steve Cohen on NFL radio, and he joins us now. How shocked were you that your former coach got fired in Seattle, Robert? I was very shocked, very unexpected, uh, very unexpected around the, the city of Seattle, all the guys that I played with, you know, Sherm and Doug Baldwin. Uh, we were all surprised uh, by this decision with Seattle. You know, we thought that at minimum, you know, we understand that the, uh, you know, the team has underachieved to a certain degree over the last couple of years. And you could even argue the year, you, know, you could argue last season, really, the team overachieved, right? Traded Russell Wilson. Everybody thought the team wasn't going to be good. They still made the wild card. 
And, uh, you know, but I think that, you know, after what transpired last season, this season was supposed to be, you know, a building block. The roster was built uh, for this team to make a run, and uh, they ended up missing the playoffs. And so I think that sort of shortcoming maybe led to this move. But overall, we all thought that they'd get that, – that Coach Carroll would at least get one more shot at this thing. Uh, but the fact that he was let go shocked everybody. Big Dog, it's always good to have you on the show, former players. Uh, and I wanted to ask you, because on a day like today, we reflect on Pete Carroll's legacy, you know, what he's meant to Seattle Seahawks, what he's meant to the game of football as a whole, of course, with the two natties down there at USC. And I'm curious, from your perspective, what was the best coaching attribute to Pete Carroll? Uh, his connection with players. Uh, he just knew how to get along with guys, and it wasn't always perfect. And you know, he had his differences, just like any coach would have with his players. But he was a master at communication, whether it was pulling you to the side, whether it was calling you up in your office, whether it was giving you a phone call uh, late at night, you know, after practice or after a game, uh, you know, whether it was you know going to lunch or or, or something like that during the off season. Uh, he just had this uh, this unique ability uh, to connect with not only the individual player, uh, but then bring together these different personalities uh, and create one you know you know one team. And uh, you know not not every coach really has that uh, has that skill set. That's why you see guys you know when we depart from Seattle, we all had to deal with that. I had to deal with it. It was hurtful. You know, Sherman had to deal with it, Richard Sherman, other players, Marshawn Lynch. Mm-hmm. But you all, you see us all come back at some point in time, hugging and shaking hands and having fun. It's because of his ability uh, to not only create those uh, close bonds, but sustain them uh, over, you know, over a lifetime, really. Robert, do you have a story that you could share with us from your experience that would let us outsiders inside and see and feel what it is like to play for Pete Carroll? Yeah, Pete was always this uh, competitive guy. You guys know that he, he was all energy and, and fun. I, I, you know, when I first came in as a rookie, I, I used to think to myself, like, okay, you know, here's a guy, ton of energy, he's always smiling, he's always laughing. Uh, you know, when is the day that he's going to get, you know, I don't know, pissed off and start, you know, uh, I don't know, MFing guys or whatever the case may be. You know how it is when you're out there on the field and you're coaching and emotions start flaring and, and all those things. And, uh, you know, he just – he was just never that way. He was literally uh, consistently uh, this, this, this same guy who just seemed like he was on such a high because he was coaching football all the time. I've never seen it that consistent uh, in my life. So difficult to 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 you know point out one specific story, uh, just because there's so many with Pete. But um, he wanted to make sure that uh, as an individual player, you know, you believed in yourself. Uh, he, <laughs> I, I remember my rookie year. He's like, hey, you know, I know uh, he walks up to me. I don't think I've ever told anybody this, but uh, he walks up to me at practice and he says, hey, you know, you, you're uh, you're a young kid. And, uh, you know, we got a pretty good running back that uh, that plays in front of you, Marshawn Lynch. He says, hey, go out there and beat him out, you know. And he, he wanted me to believe that that, that was a, 
that was a possibility for me. And, um, you know, I think that is one of the great qualities that he had uh, as a coach. He was like that with everybody. Talk with former Seahawks running back Robert Turbin, amongst other teams in the NFL. One uh, was part of a Super Bowl, of course, with the uh, Seattle Seahawks. You played against Belichick as well. Explain the difference between game planning against Belichick versus other coaches in the league. Well, you knew Belichick was going to have uh, very disciplined teams. Uh, your your level of uh, your your level of attention had to be real high. Uh, you you know you you couldn't make very many mistakes. You know against. Bill Belichick and, and the New England Patriots when, when you went up against those guys. I remember preparing for the Super Bowl uh, to play the Patriots, and, you know, I, I just got done talking about the looseness and, and, and the fun and the charisma of Pete Carroll's personality. And, and not that it changed at all while we were preparing, uh, you know, for the Super Bowl against New England, uh, but you certainly sensed, uh, you know, a, a level of uh, – you know, a detail uh, with, uh, you know, with Coach Carroll as it pertains to the players and who was going to play and, and what the game plan was going to be to try to get out there uh, and beat these guys. So you're almost on, you know, you're on high alert and you, you almost, I don't want to say, you know, you put extra attention because you're always, you know, giving, giving your all each and every week despite who you're playing, but you definitely uh, did a little extra credit, per se, when you're going up against Bill Belichick. Talking to former Seattle Seahawks and Super Bowl champ Robert Turbin on on Sportsmanlike. And, Robert, I know it's it's never easy to identify the actual name of the coach that should succeed Bill Be- uh, and Pete Carroll, but, but just out of curiosity, from your perspective, what's the type of coach that should follow in the footsteps of Pete Carroll with the Seahawks? I think it's going to be somebody who is a little younger uh, and, you know, somewhat more innovative, not to take anything away from, you know, Coach Carroll and, you know, his style of coaching and, and, and you know, his ability to evolve with the times. But I think, it's, I think it's pretty noticeable, especially on the defensive side of the football, that, hey, you know, the facts are the facts, you know, as it pertains to the numbers, you know, at the end of the day and defensively, even when the team made the playoffs last year, uh, it, you know, they hadn't been as good as advertised uh, over the course of the last few years. And we know that Coach Carroll loves cover three and all those kind of things. And, you know, I think perhaps Seattle thought it was time for a different vision there as far as, you know, how you want to run a team and, you know, how you want to run the team from a schematical standpoint, too. So, you know, I think Seattle will, will, will look for someone who's young and innovative, similarly to like a Sean McVay was for the Rams uh, and other coaches around the league. Robert, thanks so much for a couple of minutes and obviously some of the memories there about Coach Carroll. We appreciate it. Thanks, fellas. All right, there is a Robert Turbin, Super Bowl champion running back uh, with the Seattle Seahawks. What a remarkable day we are just in the midst of here. Bill Belichick, Robert Kraft press conference, noon Eastern time, where it is going to happen, where Belichick and the Patriots are going to part ways. Nick Saban retires yesterday. Statement released last night. Shows up for work, of course, again yes, today. Yes, of course. <laughs> and Pete Carroll gets fired and wants to continue coaching. Wow. That's it? Anything else going on? Coming up, a former NFL MVP and Alabama grad who played for the Seahawks, by the way, will join us coming up next. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. 
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Evan Canty and Michelle are Unsportsmanlike. Breaking news from Chris Lowe at this moment. Nick Saban is retiring. I think he'd gotten to the point where he felt like he had given everything he could to make Alabama a championship contender every year. He's the kind of man that says, you know what? I enjoy doing this, but at a certain point, I want to be with my family. There's nothing going on in sports. We're completely making things up today. We totally made up that Belichick's going to be out. Saban's out and Pete Carroll's out. Or all of it is true somehow. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. What a remarkable 24 hours. It starts with Pete Carroll getting fired by the Seahawks. It then continues with Nick Saban retiring with Alabama. And today we are going to learn that Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots are parting ways after 24 years and six Super Bowl titles together. Sean Alexander won an NFL MVP. The majority of his career was with the Seattle Seahawks. And he is an Alabama alum. And he joins us now in Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. Sean, which piece of news surprised you more, the one about your college team or your pro team? Oh, uh, Definitely the pro team. By the way, good morning, man. It's uh, great to be alive and great to talk a little football. So, uh, so, um, But the thing that surprised me was, was Pete Carroll. Um, you know, I, 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 my hands are always been with Alabama, so we knew that this was a, a possibility. We were just hoping not for Alabama and Nick Saban. But, uh, but yeah, but Pete came to a surprise. Uh, Sean, I'm just curious because you're somebody that has been associated with both of these programs. What are the similarities between these two coaches and what makes this the right time for those programs to transition to a a fresh perspective with the guy that's wearing the headset on the sideline? You know, um, it's been really, really uh, sweet for me because, you know, right when I retired 2008, you know, Pete's the new head coach, Saban's the new head coach, you know what I mean? And, uh, and I get this wonderful opportunity uh, to be so welcomed in um, by both of them. Um, and they're, they're as different as night as can be, you know, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, but, um, but both of them, Coach Saban comes in very sober. Hey, Sean, anything you got good for my boys, you're always welcome. You come in and, and you know, the first game I got to go to was the blackout in Georgia, and that's where – Georgia thought they had something, and, and I got to be a part of that and then watched them run and had great relationships with all the running backs, all the 
skill position guys all through Saban's whole tenure, even all the way up to through this year. Um, and, you know, and watching my last game with them was the SEC championship. And, uh, and then, you know, Pete on the other side was just like, Sean, you know, you helped build this thing. You know, when, you, you know, we laughed when I got to Seattle, it was not what everybody sees and knows of today, you know, the three, three championships, uh, three division championships in 25 years. And, you know, we go on a five-year run and go to our first Super Bowl, which we lost, but we had set the culture of Seattle for being winning football. And then Pete um, comes in and grabs Russell and Bobby Wagner and the Legion of Boom, and they take it to that next level and win. And he had welcomed me in from, from the, the day I retired to come in and be a part of that organization. I remember raising the 12th flag, the, the, the first game of the season of the year, when the Super Bowl. And what those two guys have in common is they are sure of who they are and what needs to be done to win and how to build a culture that says we're going to be very good at being us, we're going to play great defense, and our intensity of life and playing the game the way it should be done will be done and will be done well. And if people can't hang with that kind of intensity, um, then they're going to do it. And what was opposite was you felt it with Coach Saban, and Pete was kind of loosey-goosey. He made you look at the, the left hand when he's going to punch you with the right, and that was Seahawks <laughs> football. So you realize, you realize, you're like, man, that Russell Wilson guy, he's a smile. He's a killer. Uh, that Marshawn Lynch, man, he's like, he's silly. He's a killer. You know, like, like he'd have a bunch of guys with chips on their shoulders that were a bunch of killers, and, uh, and you wouldn't know it until it was too late where you walked in the Bama and you knew this was business, and they were going to come and they were going to make you hate playing against them. Uh, two different philosophies both of them led by great men that knew what it took to win games. Sean, part of Nick Saban's legacy, one of the many chapters of why he was so great, is how many players from his program went to the NFL and had success. As somebody that played for him, maybe it is the intensity that you just described, but what was it about his coaching style and his program that allowed so many players to have success at the NFL level? Well, you know, the NFL level is business. And college it is uh, you kind of you're in a discovery place in life. Who am I? <laughs> you you know you you I, I get, you know the the freshman player of the year is named after me, and so I get to talk to all the freshmen in the whole country. And one of the questions I ask all the all the best freshmen is, what do you like now? What is one of the greatest things you like about that? And they're all like, well, man, we we kind of make our own decisions. You know what I mean? And so here. It's known. It's in the pros. You, your money, your decision. If you want to be great, you know what you need to go do, or you better go do it, or figure that out. Where in the pros, it's still young teenage boys trying to figure out life, um, trying to figure out who they are, and they've got, you know, Saban's intensity and discipline and structure. It's so good for elite athletes to say, wait a minute, I still got this daddy that's going to come and, you know, in a sense, bring that belt to the bottom if I don't focus in. And um, and so that's what uh, that's what he did so well was he brought he brought the correct boundaries for guys to go be successful with this talent that they have. We're talking with Sean Alexander, of course, former running back MVP with the Seahawks, Alabama alum here on a day in which Bill Belichick is going to part ways with the Patriots. Nick Saban retired from Alabama and Pete Carroll was fired by the Seahawks. I, I can't even believe I'm actually saying all that. Like, it's ridiculous that all of this happened. All right, we, we threw all the pleasantries and flowers at your respective coaches with your college and pro teams, as we should. Now let's get uh, reckless speculation. Next coach for Alabama, next coach for the Seahawks if Sean Alexander was in charge. You know, uh, it's it's really cool. So I, I, I love Oregon's coach, Dan. Um, um, Lanning. I thought... 
Yeah, yeah, Atlanta. Yeah, I thought that um, I thought that maybe the Seahawks would go for him, being so close in proximity, and say, "Man, like you know, could he go do the pro thing? Like he's a new, young, hip name that could could go and lead men well. That's what we know he does." Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he does end up in Tuscaloosa because he was a GM, a uh, grad assistant there, and um, and so yeah, so I, that's where I think he's going to end up. I think I think Dan's going to end up in in um, in Tuscaloosa. I'm still not sure with Seattle. I think that there is some great minds that are um, that are that could be that position. We know there's some great coaches that are that are hungry to to take over as the the Seahawks new coach. So I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure there. I haven't thought about it too much because I was so surprised. Where with Bama, I've been thinking about it and, and talking with with alumni and, and our team um, about it for for you know pretty much just the middle of this year. And so, uh, so I'm, I'm not I'm not quite sure with Seattle yet. There are some great um, O coordinators and D coordinators that um, that that they fit the bill for Seattle. Sean, what what made it the time the right time for the Seahawks organization to move on from Pete Carroll? You know, I think like you don't want to second guess yourself, but like Pete was so amazing, so good, so energetic. But like here we are, it is really about winning championships. Once you get there, that's all you want. And we feel like we're close, but like we might be at that spot where we're going to always be that playoff team, but not really having the, the legitimate shot for the Super Bowl. Now, I myself would have gave Pete at least three more years. You know, you know what I'm saying? Because I feel like if Geno and this and that, I would have gave him three more years because I feel like we were right there. A couple of draft picks, which John is amazing at, our GM. Uh, you know, a couple of more guys in the, in the pot, and I feel like we're there again. But um, but you also don't want to second guess that if we if we feel like it's time to move on, then that's what it is. And so, but that's the issue is like we we know we're always going to be playoff good because of Pete's that good. But are we really championship good? And we've tasted that, and we want that again. Sean, now that we have you, we of course have to ask you about the other big headline of the day that the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick are going to part ways after twenty four season seasons. What's your reaction to that? Yeah, I mean that. Yeah. Bill is like just the genius and, you know, and him, he was very close with coach Saban. And so here, here, once again, you know, I feel like all of those guys are, you know, in the sense, the, the Ohio state boys, you know, Pete, Nick, Bill, you know what I mean? And you, you have all these great minds, but we don't know what life is not, it's like without Bill being on that Patriots sideline. It feels odd. You know, you, you got to go back to when I was in college where he was not that guy, you know, and, and so, um, so it, it feels weird, you know. I remember us playing games, and I remember some of the guys from Seahawks going to New England and talking about the differences from Mike Holmgren football at Seattle, which is under that Bill Walsh band, um, um, to to Bill Belichick's, uh, which is under that Bill Parcells, and how they ran things. And and uh, and so it, it's one of those things for football. It feels sad, like we're losing our legends, and we want them to uh, continue to play forever. But we do know this. Father time is undefeated. Uh, things things will shift and change. And so we want to just make sure that we give all these great coaches, all these great leaders of men, their roses and uh, and say job well done for helping us, you know, helping us see what happens if you are this kid that's drafted 199 and can go on and become the greatest quarterback and one of the greatest football players ever. That's molding that comes from great coaching and a great leader of men. 
Perfectly said. Perfect place to finish. Sean Alexander, former MVP with the Seahawks, Alabama grad. We appreciate a couple of minutes, Sean. Thank you so much. No doubt. Roll Tide. Go Hawks. There he is, Sean Alexander. <laughs> I, I mean, it is remarkable to think that these three guys are all out within 24 hours, but two of them, Belichick and Carroll, we do assume to coach or are going to coach again pretty quickly, at least in Belichick's case, and Carroll we think is going to try to, which means wherever they go is going to be a hot ticket, and Vivid Seats is your place for that season. Yeah, check off that New Year's bucket list with tickets from Vivid Seats, your home for every tackle, every slap shot, and every dunk. Vivid Seats celebrates fandom with unbeatable rewards like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. With Vivid Seats rewards you earn with every purchase from tip-off to the final buzzer, Vivid Seats has a great selection and great prices on all the 2024 games that matter to you. Just visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. He survived a terrible, terrible moment in our history. The most unsportsmanlike moment of the day. That was terrible. Was not a great look. So Pete Carroll doesn't have a job as a head coach. No. Nick Saban doesn't have a job as a head coach, and Bill Belichick's not going to have a job as a head coach. That is correct. What a day here on Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio and ESPN2, ESPNU. Hello, Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Uh, Ben Volan, Boston Globe, just tweeted something before we get to the best bet. Uh, Belichick's final numbers for the Patriots, Mm -hmm. just to put it in perspective, 266 and 121 in the regular season. 30 and 12 in the postseason, six titles, nine AFC titles, 13 AFC championship games, and 17 AFC East titles. Wow. Best you, can't bet. Even, you can't even wrap your mind around no. that. That's you can't. Crazy. You, you can't. It's just. Like, like, Pete Carroll's numbers with Seattle are ridiculous. No doubt. They don't compare to Saban with Alabama or Belichick with the Patriots. Like, not even in the same stratosphere. It's just crazy. That's crazy. And we're talking about a coach that won three titles across two different sports. Like he won yeah. two titles with USC, he won a title with the with the Seahawks, and went to two Super Bowls, and he doesn't even come close to Nick Saban or Bill Belichick. Like that is wild. Not even like near them. It's just nuts. Not even sniffing them. All right, best bet, Dan Orlovsky style. Oh, <laughs> best bet. You want to bet on Andy Reid, Mike Tomlin, Greg Popovich, Eric Spolstra, and Steve Kerr being out just to complete no, everything? No, here? no, I'm not going to do that. Okay. I'm not going to do that. Although you might have a better chance of hitting that than any of my parlays of late because <laughs> they haven't been great. I've had seven straight L's. I got to wear that one. But we have faith because it's 2024. We are manifesting smalls. And I want to believe that I'm going to go back to the NBA well and hit one of these parlays. Okay? Do I need to burn some sage or we, something? We might need to sage the studio. It's a new studio, so we might need to sage it. Maybe. And exercise the demons Yeah, bad when it comes to the here. best bet of the night. But we're going to do it. So we're going to ESPNBet.com, the best bet of the night. We're going to go with the Bucks on the money line, Celtics' second game of a back-to-back. So... Hopefully, close to contested game last night. They come out. Um, uh, the Bucks can take advantage of that. 
with the Celtics and be on the winning side of this game. We're going to go Bucks on the money line, Giannis over 11 and a half boards, and the New York Knicks keeping their five-game win streak going against the Dallas Mavericks. Five-game win streak since they acquired OG Ananobi. Just saying. The New York Knicks on the money line as well. So we're going Bucks money line, Knicks money line, Giannis over 11 and a half boards. That pays out at plus 250. The second one, if I'm not mistaken, I think that Luka is not playing tonight. I could be wrong on that. but I He's think, not playing. Yeah, he's not right. playing tonight. So that one's looking good. Picking against the Celtics is risky, but I like what you're saying. Overtime win against Minnesota last night uh, on the road. And they were down in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So Javante, they were down bad. So, so. so Javante can put his money on this one? Again? I'm trying to get Javante some money back. Here's the thing. I'm going to give you a money back guarantee, Javante. Okay. If we if we don't hit tonight, then whatever you put in tonight and last night, I am going to reimburse you. Sounds good to me. There it is. <laughs> right with so you. So this is a can't this is a can't he can't lose for Javante. Sounds like a Javante can't lose is really what well, it that's is. What I'm, that's what I'm saying. Uh, all right, so we have but some. You can't, it doesn't really rhyme, so that's why I say Canty can't lose. Javante. Yeah, we'll have to come up with the rhyme no, for that. No. All right, uh, unsportsmanlike moment, something weird, something different, something unique. We're going to do some best of audio here, right? With, with the two of the biggest coaches in the history of sports walking away in Saban's case, getting fired, mutual parting ways, however you want to look at it with, with Belichick. Let's start with Belichick. The probably... There's two phrases that we would look at with Belichick that are his signature phrases. One of them comes from a press conference after a loss on Monday Night Football, I believe in 2014, to Kansas City, where everyone wrote them off. Bill Belichick said the following. We're on to Cincinnati. On to Cincinnati. Wow. The on to, I mean, I say it every day about the next day here on the show, right? We're on to whatever it is. The other one is do your job, obviously. That is the other phrase with Belichick. Now, Nick Saban. We have a best of Nick Saban at press conferences because Nick Saban has given us memorable moment after memorable moment during his coaching career, but also in his press conference career. The best of Saban. How's everybody today? It really doesn't matter what you think. If you want to know the truth about it, pisses me off. It was up to you. We're, we're, we're six foot under already. We're dead and buried and gone. I, I could give a about all that. Excuse my French. I'm really upset that I used bad language. I'm sorry. Now, y'all scared to ask another question? You better make it a good one now, because I'm about half fired up here. I know you would like to some kind of way extract something out of this bottle I, that's not there. Where'd you come up with that? Just, you know, had a dream about it? You know, all that stuff you write about how good we are and all that stuff they hear on ESPN? It's like poison. It's like taking poison, like rat poison. The rat poison that you put out there this week was yummy. <laughs> they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. You know, you get excited about getting married, all right? But after you're married for a while, you know, you got to have a process to make it work. I don't even know what you asked me, but I just wanted to say that. Appreciate your interest in the game. 2025? I'm just hoping that I can still go to the lake then. Still can walk around and, and go on a pontoon boat ride. Wow. That's great. That's great. Speaking a process of, about getting married. I speaking love it. of going to the lake, my former teammate Marcus Spears, who played for Nick Saban at LSU, he used to talk about going to his house all the time to go fishing. He would go to Nick Saban's house all the time to go fishing. And, and that's one of the common threads that you have with all of these all-time great coaches, the personal relationships that they're able to establish and maintain with those players, even beyond the years that they're coaching those guys. I think it makes a difference when we start talking about 
the, the, the business of sports, the human element to it, and how they relate to the individuals that prop them up and allow them to have the platforms to demonstrate their greatness. Speaking of humanity, Evan, before we wrap things up today, I just have to check in with you. This was a tough day for you. Your guy, Bill Belichick, no longer with the Patriots. There's five stages to grief. Mm-hmm. What stage are you at right now? I don't know what they are. So. Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> so you need to help me with this, Smalls. Uh, let me pull it up. Hold on. The Clearly, stage, you don't know the, what they the are. Stage. I do. It's well, I know denial. it started with the, the – there was, there was some crying first. There was no Crying's crying. not in there? No, well, there's denial. Okay. I had denial all season. You did. There's yeah. anger. I had an anger at the thought of, like, what are they doing? Look at the, how many injuries they've had. When are we going to talk about Matthew Junon and Christian Gonzalez? Yeah, yeah. Marcus Jones, et cetera. There, there was bargaining, which I think we had yesterday, where he thought maybe with the conversation oh, he'll be back. Yeah, no, I was talking to people that knew stuff, and they're like, hey, you know, there's, got, there's a shot here now, and there was kind of that that was out there. Yep. Uh, the last two stages are depression and acceptance. Have we arrived at either one of those Depression, yet? I'm not going to go to because that's a medically diagnosed thing. So I'm certainly not going to do that. That's disrespectful. The acceptance of no, absolutely not. No, because I need to see this press conference and hear this press conference across the ESPN platforms today at noon Eastern. I want to know what version of Belichick we're going to get. Hmm. Are we going to get the post game? You know, we're just you know, trying I think, to get better I think, I think, I think it's textbook, Smalls. I think it's textbook. The five stages of grief. I think, I think he's going to be amazing today. I think he's going to be amazing. Back to denial. Right? It's like they're going to announce that he's somehow staying with the organization. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. I don't think that. I'm saying I think that Belichick today is going to handle this presser unbelievably well and be more of the true version of himself than he's been at any point of the last. Well, he has years. to handle this presser very well. Otherwise, he's not going to get another job to get the all-time win record from Don Shula. And I think he's what 15 games behind him. So yeah, yeah. He better handle it well. This stinks. You better handle it well. This stinks. I cannot believe Belichick. He's gonna cry in the car. Oh, 100%. Evan no. gonna, Evan he's gonna, he's gonna bust right out of here. He so was he misty. He was misty when he read out. it from Adam Schefter. He was. I it saw happened. it. Yeah. I saw it glistening in his eyes. Must have been his, love. His voice quivered, but cracked it's over a little now. bit. Mm. Yeah. Greeny up next. We are on to Friday on Sportsmanlike. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.